Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, H-A-W-G-Sports.com. Man, we've got a lot to talk about today with everything overlapping, March Madness, Spring Football, I mean, baseball, prospect days for recruiting. We're going to touch in with Curtis Wilkerson, Danny West, to discuss all that. And if we have some time, we might take your questions at the end. But I've got a feeling it's going to be a pretty jam-packed show. All that more on today's episode of Hogsports Live. And before we get started, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. If you haven't followed the page already, become one of 90,000 Razorback fans to do so. Also available on YouTube. Give us a like or a thumbs up on both those platforms. Interact with them. Share the content with other people if you think they might like it. Also available on Apple Podcasts. It's been since January 16th since anybody's left a review. So if you like the show, you want others to know what to expect, I guess, Help us out and leave a five-star review and uh, say something nice about the show. Let them know what to expect. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think of to find your favorite podcast. And Hog Sports is just $1 right now for your first month at hawgsports.com. And it is a great time to sign up because, as I mentioned, so much stuff going on right now. Obviously, uh, a disappointing exit for Arkansas in the NCAA tournament. Uh, losing a 13-point halftime lead and falling 67-61, to outscored by 19 in the second half to Texas A&M, a team that obviously is a Razorback. You, you don't you don't want to lose to anybody, but especially not a team like Texas A&M. Uh, although Texas A&M did kind of get the shaft a little bit in their seeding. I, I, I thought they were better than a seven seed. Arkansas pretty much working out the way everybody projected, an eight seed. I mean, a lot of people projected them to be matched up against Illinois, the nine seed. Uh, but that game is at 3.30 in Des Moines, Iowa, at Wells Fargo Arena. First round, if they win that one, then it's Kansas. <laughs> so, a lot of people like Arkansas's matchup in there. Uh, Illinois and Arkansas kind of mirror each other a lot. And before we get into too much – I just want to – I'm going to go ahead and get to Curtis. He's the expert. He was on the scene yesterday uh, when uh, the selection was being done. For those of you who don't follow Curtis, you can follow him at Kurt Wilkerson underscore on Twitter. He's the Hog Sports senior analyst for hoops and does just so much more. And he's got he's got a busy time because the uh, the portal window also opened today, which very strange timing on that. Curtis, how you doing, man? Hey, Trey. So, Curtis – just uh, want to get your thoughts. You were there at walk-ons yesterday with the team when uh, everything was announced. Uh, what were your initial impressions of the matchup and um, just your interviews with uh, with Coach Musselman, Anthony Black, Debo Davis, uh, just their thoughts on it as well? Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> my initial thoughts on the matchup is that I, I think it's fitting given the season that – you know, these two teams have had that they're paired together. It's crazy. They're mirror images of each other. I mean, I was talking to Jeremy Werner over at our Illinois site earlier today, and he said it's kind of like the Spider-Man meme where you got you got them both kind of pointing at each other like they're looking in a mirror. Mm-hmm. They're the same team. Uh, you know, similar struggles to close out games, uh, play with big leads. Uh, neither team shoots the three very well. They struggle at the free throw line. They have turnover problems, but – they're both really, really talented, and they've shown flashes of being, you know, teams that are capable of really doing some damage. And I just think that's what you get uh, when you get into these eight, nine matchups, especially when they feature power conference teams. I mean, these groups are usually uh, flawed but very dangerous, and I, I think that's what you see with these teams. And, you know, as, as far as the deal of walk-ons last night, 
thought it was cool. It was a, it was a really nice ceremony. A lot of people there. Uh, you know, it's, it's good that you were able to get the fans out there to kind of experience that with the team. And, you know, then in interviewing the guys afterwards, uh, I think they're kind of viewing it as, you know, a, a fresh start and a clean slate. And that's what they need, quite honestly. I uh, thought maybe they turned the corner in the SEC tournament by holding off that charge from Auburn. Uh, and then they kind of had some of those recurring themes creep up on them against Texas A&M. Uh, it stings. They weren't in a good mood. They didn't like it. Uh, but hey, you know the season hasn't gone as you know according to plan. But they've made the NCAA tournament. That was a big goal for this team, uh, and they're excited and, and confident that they can get things turned around and make a run. So um, I think they're doing a pretty good job so far, just kind of putting the past behind them and focusing on what's ahead. And you know, it comes as no surprise that Eric Musselman had a you know almost a full scouting report in his hand about three minutes after the selection was made. He had a depth chart. It was color coded with stats and personnel notes and everything else so i know they're diving into illinois already i mean you nailed it on the mirror image it's like three point percentage arkansas is 31.7 percent 304 nationally uh illinois is 30.9 percent 330 nationally they're arkansas is 287 on free throw percentage 69 percent illinois is 306 i mean it's it's they're just neither of these teams shoot very well at all and uh and it, it you know i listened to some of uh your your uh video yesterday with jeremy warner at the illinois site and um you know i, I thought i thought you guys made some great points like you know how does these team how do these teams match up and both of you are asking like well which which illinois team is going to show up which arkansas team is going to show up i mean it's almost impossible to lay out any kind of prediction for this one yeah, it's it's crazy. You know, I was, I was listening to Matt Norlander on, on CBS Sports. He was kind of previewing the game last night, and he was having a hard time making a pick. And he's like, you know what? We might as well just flip a coin, and you know, whichever whichever side it lands on, we just roll with it because that's probably what you're going to get. And you know, it's it's so true. You know, I've, I've got a, a really good friend who's a, just a diehard Illinois fan, and he texted me last night and said, "Hey, man." Uh, I can't really give you any insight on this Illinois team. I mean, you, you know, you guys might be getting the best team in the country uh, or you might be essentially getting a first round bye. And, you know, all I could say to him was, well, yeah, you mean likewise. Yeah. It, it is. It's the same thing. Uh, statistically, it's very similar. Some of the struggles have been very similar. They also play similar. I mean, these are two teams that are really athletic, really, really long. Uh, they do some similar things defensively in terms of their coverages and pick and rolls. I, I think they excel uh, in similar ways in the things they try to do offensively. So it's uh, it's it's a very interesting matchup between two very similar teams. I, I have no idea how it's going to play out, but I know nothing would surprise me with Arkansas. Sounds like it's that way too with Illinois. Disappointing finish to the season. You lose four out of your last five. Every All five of the last teams you played are NCAA tournament teams, but you lose four of your last five, uh, blowing a 13-point lead at halftime. How many, I mean, how many double-digit leads have we seen this team blow and I mean it was evaporated in nine minutes you know in this in this last one what in your opinion obviously picking up you know what seven quick fouls in the second half didn't help your cause and what you want to do defensively but what in your opinion what what happened to to cause that collapse against Texas A&M well I think Texas A&M to give them some credit here I thought they really tightened some things up defensively uh you know they started showing some different looks out of that zone you know they were tracking out of it some they'd really sag back and close off those driving lanes. Sometimes it looked like maybe a matchup zone or maybe it was just kind of a sagging, switching man. So I think they did a really good job of keeping Arkansas off balance and just uncomfortable. They weren't able to find that rhythm uh, that they had in the first half on the offensive end of the floor. I thought they did a pretty good job of taking Arkansas's transition offense away. We know they thrive when they're running the open floor. Um, so, you know, credit to Texas A&M from that standpoint. But I just wonder if, it, if it's a mental thing you know, with this Arkansas team at this point, because it's happened so many times, you know, when they get these big second half leads or halftime leads, it's almost become expected uh, that they're going to blow it, whether they wind up winning the game or not, that it's going to tighten up. And, you know, if we see it as, as fans and, and analysts or whatever, you know, the team and the coaching staff feels it as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, when you have a, a young team, I know people get tired of hearing that because they played an entire season at this point, like, you know, a freshman isn't a freshman anymore. You, you know, you kind of hear that when you get to this point in the season. But um, it is a new experience, and, it, and it's still a growing process for this group. Um, and I, I think that youth, just in terms of the mental toughness, uh, you know, it, it's, it's kind of required to excel at this level of basketball. 
uh, it's it's just an adjustment period. It takes longer from some guys than it does others, and I, I think that's part of what we're seeing uh, is it's hard to be poised and execute and close these games down the stretch against really good teams, and it, it's definitely been a problem spot for Arkansas. Definitely has. Kurt Wilkerson joining us again. You can follow him at Kurt Wilkerson underscore on Twitter. Uh, and – does a lot of great VIP content, does some free stuff, but his VIP content is really where it's at. And you do need a subscription to Hog Sports if you want to read that. And it's just $1 right now for your first month. Curtis, it's good uh, It's good timing. I mean, there's not a whole lot going on, so why not open the transfer portal for 60 days right now? <laughs> I mean, what, who, who decided this? Who decided, like, the day after Selection Sunday would be the good time to, to open the transfer portal? I don't know, but whoever did that obviously doesn't have to cover the transfer portal or <laughs> yeah. deal with it as a coach. I mean, it's it's incredible. You know, last year, I remember after the tournament was over, Eric Musselman was saying that he literally spent more time on the phone, you know, talking to transfers than he did preparing for Gonzaga in the Sweet 16. Uh, and that's crazy. And, and, you know, at the time, he was proposing, uh, you know, the idea of this transfer portal window, which which I do think is a good idea on the surface, but he wanted it to be – you know, maybe a couple weeks after the final four ended mm-hmm. that way, uh, you know, it, it just gives everybody an opportunity for a reset. You know, he, he talked about it as kind of like a cool off period, because what do you see, uh, you know, with a lot of these transfers, the season ends and, you know, b- before the end of the night or the next day, you know, guys are hitting the portal. A lot of emotional decisions can be made. So he thought it was a good idea to have a little bit of a cool down period there. Uh, it also gets them closer to the end of the academic semester. Uh, which I know <laughs> do people care about school anymore? I don't know, but I do think that's an important part of it. So, uh, in theory, I think the transfer portal window is a good idea. But man, to, the day after selection Sunday, yeah. are you kidding me? I mean, we're seeing every every five minutes here, Arkansas is contacting somebody else. Imagine being, you know, one of the assistants, being Ruda or, or Gus Arginal. You're trying to prep for an NCAA tournament game, and you got to have your finger on refresh for the portal every 30 seconds yeah. and start calling kids. It's wild. It, it's almost like they're trying to create some parity or something and giving the teams that didn't make the postseason maybe opportunities to – to focus a little bit more on that. Maybe that's their thinking. I don't know. But uh, there's a lot of things with football and basketball with the transfer portal that have, have to, that have to change. A few early players to know. Uh, Fardar, Fardaz Amac, is that how you say it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah BJ Mack uh, uh, out of Walford. Uh, Kamari Lands out of Louisville. Nicholas Timberlake out of Towson. Uh, just a few early names to know. But this is, this is when players can – officially enter the portal and, and start being contacted and stuff. So Curtis, anything yeah, else to add? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was, I was just to, to, to kind of piggyback on the portal there for sure. It's uh, it's definitely been interesting. You know, the, the window opened today, but there are a bunch of kids who are kind of hitting it over the course of the past week. And, mm-hmm. you know, Travis Branham, our, our <laughs> national analyst uh, on the recruiting side, he, he tweeted out, it's, you know, it's lunchtime. There's already been 100 kids that have hit the portal today. I'd imagine it'd be it'd be over 500, maybe close to a thousand by the end of the week, especially at the end of the NCAA tournament. I mean, it's just going to be crazy. And you know, the thing to remember with Arkansas, Eric Musselman just does it differently. You know, mm-hmm. he's going to contact 200 guys. He's going to be legitimately interested in adding eh, maybe a dozen of them. So it's a lot of smoke and mirrors that you yeah. have to sift through. But it's definitely going to be an exciting time, no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, like you said, he, he does a lot of that intentionally just to throw people off on who they're really after. Kurt, uh, uh, Eric Musselman is really the original importer, um, was really ahead of the game uh, before everybody started doing that kind of stuff. All right, Curtis. Appreciate you, brother. Yep. Anytime. Hey, safe travels up to uh, to Idaho. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, no, thank you. And I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. That's one thing I did want to say is I, I think Des Moines is just a, a perfect place for this. If you think about, uh, you know, the teams that are there, Arkansas, I, think is I said a, Idaho, by the way, drive from Fayetteville. it's a little over five hours from Champaign. It's not too far for the Kansas Jayhawk fans. So I think it's going to be mm. a really, really cool environment up there. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Don't go to Idaho, go to Iowa. got it all right brother appreciate you yep anytime have a good one all right everybody that's kurt wilkerson again you can follow him at kurt wilkerson underscore on twitter Uh, does a fantastic job all right we're going to go to danny west next we'll talk spring football in just a minute but uh it's it's been a big time for uh for recruiting visitors so i want danny to chime in on some of this stuff too 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast obviously if you don't follow danny you follow him at danny west 24 7 on twitter danny how you doing man what's up brother Oh, not much. Just got done talking with Curtis about everything. I uh, tried to send him to Idaho for a second um, instead of, <laughs> you know, Des Moines in Idaho. <laughs> Is it? They moved that? Um, so, Danny, uh, Curtis is busy with NCAA tournament and the transfer portal open for basketball, which is interesting timing. You're familiar with the cluster like that. Um but right now it's it's prospect visiting time. We had the whole month long dead period in, in February, and now you've had a lot of guys coming in. Before we get into that, first of all, I want to I don't think we've had a chance to talk about Jaheim Singletary. Um, your your thoughts on uh, that addition, five star cornerback out of Georgia? Incredible. I mean, what else can you say? Kind of came out of left field, even for us who try to keep up with every move here. But. Uh, Hey, good move by them trying to sneak that one past us, and and uh, rightfully so. I mean, that's a guy that I think kind of got forgotten about, you know, a little bit. He was kind of a, a late addition to the portal, kind of in a weird time, and uh, you know, shortly after that, everybody kind of moves on. You stop thinking about transfers, and and lo and behold, we knew he was a guy that uh, obviously they would they would be interested in. It, at first, it sounded like Miami would be in really good shape there, and. Uh, lo and behold, they they end up with him somehow. So just really impressive, you know. I'm I told you last week uh, I'm starting to really like the secondary. I know that's crazy yeah. to say when when uh, you look up and they were 131st in pass defense. Well, there's you know there's room for about 11 new faces. That just blows me away that they could probably get up to 11 in one swift action over an off season, just totally hit the reset button yeah. and to do it with a guy like that is, you know, just enormous. But, you know, the thing that jumps out to me, Trey, just kind of a general thought over the last week or so, it's, it's really kind of setting in what Arkansas is doing here. And it's on the defensive side of the ball. I've really been impressed with these new coaches, man. I mean, they've, they've given me a lot to write about, a lot to talk about. And, you know, like I said, when it's guys like Singletary, it makes you feel a little bit better. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, this is a program that has signed, I looked it up this morning, 23 four-stars in the last four signing classes, 23 four-stars. 20 of those have been on offense. So that's only wow. three on defense. And, you know, in today's world with NIL and transfers and all this, there's there's really no excuse for it to be that lopsided. And I think this staff comes in kind of a – breath of fresh air and uh they kind of see it the same way is my point they're they're just going after every big timer that that they can get on campus yeah marcus woodson darren wilson travis williams all those guys doing doing really good work right now Mm -hmm. um 
Switching over to the high school ranks, Arkansas picked up their second commitment in the class of 2024 in Dion Stutz out of Memphis University School. Um, Good-looking prospect, yeah. 6'3", 250, uh, had some nice options out there. Yeah, good to uh, good to finally get one, too. You know, it, it had been 125 days. You know, it's it's weird to count the days, but, it you know, it's, it's a long time in recruiting, and, and they're still – I want to say on pace, negative eight from where they were last year at this time. And, you know, mm-hmm. staff turnover in a long off season has a lot to do with that. So it's not all about, you know, how fast you can fill up all the time. I'm sure they would like to be a little bit ahead of where they are. But point is, I mean, it's good to get one on board. You know, this is a guy that could have gone with Tennessee or Ole Miss, probably a little closer to home. But they did a really good job in January. Just really blew him away, he and his dad. And uh, I think it really came down to just getting Mama on campus. And and uh, Dion told me the other day it kind of he kind of ran into a situation where even his mom was like, "Hey, won't you hurry up and commit? I mean, what are you waiting on here?" So finally, he he went ahead and committed. I think it was expected. And and uh, you know, a, a guy with potential six three two fifty five. He's uh you know he's played in a in a, a three front, so he can do end. He can slide down to tackle. I think you and I kind of always agreed. If you're in that 250, 260 range as a junior in high school, you're probably going to end up inside yeah. at some point. So that would be my guess. But, you know, they like these big defensive ends now too. So it could be a Eric Gregory type, you know, that can do a little bit of both. Danny West joining us again. You can follow him at Danny West 24-7 on Twitter. He's the Hog Sports Recruiting Analyst. And most of his content is VIP. So, again – one dollar right now for your first month at hawgsports.com. No promo code or anything. Just go to the site. You'll see the uh, the banner ad and click on that, and you can get Hog Sports. Uh, so this is two commitments. They've got Kavion Henderson and Dion Stutz now, both defensive linemen. So I guess you know, defensive linemen. It's a hard. It's a hard group to. Uh, it's a hard group to to find. You can't. There's just not a lot of guys like that, quick twitch that are that size. You know, looking back on the last class, Arkansas's uh, recruiting class finished 22nd. Their transfer class is currently 15th, and that's uh, obviously Jaheim Singletary provided a nice boost for that. He's uh, one of the top ranked guys in the transfer portal, obviously. So, uh, you yeah. know, lo- looking ahead to the future, Danny, unless did you have something you want to comment on on that? Well, real quick, I mean, as, as long as we're on the transfer topic, mm-hmm. I kind of failed to mention there you hosted another big one over the weekend mm-hmm. anthony booker uh defensive tackle out of maryland yeah you know his first three seasons there trey is pretty you know pretty quiet kind of a role player then this past year he jumped up started i want to say 13 games and, and had a really good year five and a half tackles for a loss a couple of sacks this year and and uh, uh he was penciled in as a big time starter for maryland this coming year so uh, you know, just reading some of the comments there when he entered the portal last week, it seemed like they were pretty disappointed on that side. And that's, you know, that's really what I always kind of look for. Yeah. How does the fan base feel about losing a guy or, or or gaining a guy? So, you know, just trying to read through the tea leaves there, it seemed like a guy they were really excited about. And obviously 6'4", 320, no surprise Arkansas is in there for this one. We've seen it time and time again with D-line transfers. That's, that's kind of been Arkansas's way to – bridge the gap so to speak and um, here's another one so if you can't get a john ridgeway type you know probably an nfl draft pick type guy i think this is probably your your best and and next most realistic mm-hmm. um, uh, move that you can make here so uh, you know it seems like a guy who would really fit and uh, you could get up to two years out of him so why not I, I think he had a really good visit sounds like it's going well but but uh booker hasn't said a whole lot to be honest yeah, I mean, Arkansas got a guy last year and Terry Hampton who, uh, you know, maybe not an NFL guy, but a guy that definitely helped them, made an impact. So, um, yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'm going to go into some more of my thoughts on the spring, defensive line, all the position groups here in a little bit, so stay tuned for that. Danny, I also always think it's a big deal when an in-state guy gets a scholarship offer because it doesn't mm-hmm. happen very often, and when they do get an offer – um, you know that Arkansas wants him because they very, very rarely backtrack on an offer made to an in-state guy. Uh, but Kobe Branham, uh, out of uh, out of uh, Fort Smith Southside, 6'5", 320-pound offensive lineman, uh, also has Texas A&M, Oklahoma State, and some others. Uh, but this is, a, this is a big kid from inside the state, and Arkansas decided to make a move on him. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, 
it's kind of been a good run uh, here lately inside the state. It's a good-looking crop this year, line. yeah. Yeah, and not just this year, but going back over the last couple with Chamblee and uh, Mary and all these guys coming out of the state, pretty good little run for offensive linemen. Then you look up this year, you got a couple of stud de- defensive linemen, Charleston Collins, T.J. Lindsey. Uh, there's others. I don't want to disrespect anybody. But, um, yeah, Kobe's right up there, man. He's he's had quite an off season. We've seen Texas A&M in there now. Oklahoma State came in with an offer, so he's starting to heat up and Good to get him on campus. Um, I think Cody Kennedy went to work pretty quickly as this one started to heat up, and and, uh, and rightfully so, 6'5", 320. He's going to be an interior guy, but really a good-looking prospect. And as you said, always always key to get the uh, in-state offer total up there. You know, we only saw five last year. This is number nine already for this year. Uh, may not reach the 15 that we've seen, you know, about 10 years ago, but – it's still a pretty good class by Arkansas standards, and and uh, I'm I'm kind of curious to see where Kobe might end up in the rankings. I think he might have a shot to to surprise us a little bit. Mm-hmm. And these are guys that you know, um, you know, we're, we're talking about transfers. Also, I'm jumping ahead, but like Cameron Johnson's another guy, you know, more immediate yeah. on the offensive line that they offered out of Houston, an offensive lineman. Uh, I feel like I remember him during recruiting. He wasn't super highly regarded as a recruit, but uh, um, would be a grad transfer. These guys that we're talking about in the transfer market are guys that have obviously already entered because the portal doesn't open, you know, until May. But um, these guys have already entered the portal, and they can obviously be recruited. But uh, Cameron Johnson's another guy that Arkansas has targeted out of the portal. That's right. And, and uh, you know, I, I think you are right. Pearl in Texas, Shadow Creek 2019. So that's fairly recently. Uh, Cameron, we've had a lot of Camerons, it seems like. You know, some of them have the apostrophe, some don't. Yeah. Yeah, I've written Cameron a lot over the last few years. There was somebody named Cameron that we're not thinking of that was. Yeah, uh, there's another one. That was, uh, you know, 20 years ago that was very popular. (laughs) Everybody starts naming. True. I said that about Miles, you know, because like. Arkansas didn't have anybody named Miles on their roster forever. Like, as long as I can remember, then all of a sudden all these kids start coming in and they're named Miles and they're playing yeah. safety for something. So I'm thinking, like, hmm, who was, <laughs> who was 20 years ago named Miles that everybody started naming their kid Miles? But anyway, you well, see hey, those kind of trends. We just talked about another one right there, Kobe. Kobe Branham. You know, I yeah. see a lot of oh, Kobe's yeah. nowadays, and, and, you know, rightfully so with the late great. Yeah, I'd never uh, heard of Kobe. A Co- a Kobe. Before right. Kobe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's something. Anyway, yeah, going back to it, uh, Cameron, I don't want to overlook him. He he entered the portal, as you said, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and, and really no surprise, man. I, matter of fact, when he entered the portal, I still followed him on Twitter from uh, when he came out of high school. And uh, long story here, but um, yeah, I saw him. I said, man, this guy was first team all AAC this year. This might be a guy they're looking for, you know. And mm-hmm. about 24 hours later, I, I had his notifications turned on. Sure enough, Arkansas offered. So mm-hmm. uh, he told me he's going to let me know as soon as he sets a visit here. So it sounds like he will. And um, that wouldn't shock me at all if that one moves uh, in a positive direction for the Hogs. Danny, I'm not going to make you go down the list of every single player that was in this weekend, but it was there was a lot that. of dudes come, that came in. Um, you can read all about it if you're interested on the Arkansas Prospect Day notebook that Danny has put together. And there's also, uh, just looking ahead a little bit, Danny, let's touch on this instead of looking back and, and sure. people, if they want to read that, they can go to Hog Sports and, and read Arkansas Prospect Day notebook. But Arkansas has got another one coming up this weekend. Yeah, uh, starts today. Shoot, one of them's already uh, arrived on campus here. It's 2024 four-star quarterback Aaron Nolan. I know a lot of people have been looking forward to this visit. Going to be a two-day visit here. Started uh, this morning uh, at some point. Just heard from Braylon Connolly. He's a We've got him as a three-star. I, I think that offer list is probably deserving of a of a four. But Braylon Conley, cornerback out of Humble, Texas, uh, he told me he'll be here about five o'clock this evening. Then uh, also heard from the Nashville trio of uh, uh, C.J. Jim Coyley, Chris Thompson, and Amir Leonard Gene Charles. I knocked that one out of the park or yeah, what? I think you right? nailed it. <laughs> and then Cha- Chauncey Gooden, also a teammate there, 2025 four-star offensive lineman. All four of those dudes are really, really good. They're going to be in tomorrow, later in the week. You got Josiah Martin coming in. He's a offered wide receiver. So, man, it's it's piling up here pretty quickly. I would expect it to slow down a little bit. 
over spring break. Not sure they're going to kill themselves over spring break with recruiting, but um, uh, right after they get back from that, you're, you've got a five-star coming on campus, David Stone. So, yeah, it's been hot and heavy, man. It's, yeah, another it's really five been star. good for me. Yeah, another five-star. You go man. years without getting a five-star on campus sometimes. Dude, I looked this up the other day, Trey. After David Stone visits on March 31st, Arkansas is going to be able to say they've hosted three of the top four in our current rankings nationally. That's and all three of those guys are defensive guys. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm talking about, man. It's – you know, I'm not going to take shots at anybody that, that used to work at Arkansas, but, man, it's been nice to keep up with a, a defensive staff and, and not just Woodson and Wilson. I'm talking about T. Will. Mm-hmm. You know, it's ain't it nice to sit back and read these articles and, and see how many recruits are talking about their conversations with the coordinator on yeah. defense? That's, it's about time. Let's see if they've got enough NIL money. <laughs> That's right. That's it. I like Aaron Nolan a lot. I love the name. Number uh, 99 overall prospect in the country, number eight quarterback recruit, uh, got a lot of big-time offers. But part of me also wouldn't mind seeing them get K.J. Jackson, <laughs> if yeah. only for the you know somebody who kind of follows Arkansas casually to say, man, K.J. Oh, Jackson yeah. seems like he's been there forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, that uh, KJ Jackson would have been a good one way back on the Jefferson Pilot days for that crew. You oh know, yeah, mess that up for about three, four years. Oh yeah, but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, interesting. Uh, I do want to make a note of that. KJ Jackson was supposed to have been in over the weekend. He rescheduled that for April fourth, which makes Aaron Nolan the first quarterback on campus here. So, you know, I'm not saying either one or or anywhere cl- uh, close to making a decision. You know, it's still mm-hmm. pretty early even for quarterbacks, but man, this is, this is, uh, this is the time of year where you start really paying attention to every move they make mm-hmm. and, and to get Aaron Nolan on campus is, is big. Clemson just offered him though. It, it could throw a wrench in things. Yep. Yep. It could. I mean, if you're going after good players and good programs are going to offer them. All right, That's Danny, right. appreciate you, man. You got it, man. We'll All right, everybody. That's Danny West. Again, follow him at Danny West 24 seven on Twitter. And, again, you can read his content at hogsports.com. Again, most of it is VIP. So get that VIP subscription to Hog Sports. Just $1 for your first month or 30% off your first year. Two great ways to sign up. You know, Danny does an article every year that I really enjoy. It's uh, notable weight gains on on the roster. He actually does it twice a year because they do a spring roster and then they'll do one in August also. So these are the transi- the changes we've seen since August on some of these guys. I'm just going to read off some of the notable ones, but he goes down the whole roster. The biggest gains, top five gains. J.J. Hollingsworth, 6'3", 271, has gained 25 pounds since August. All right, so Hollingsworth has also moved inside to defensive tackle, so there's probably some method there. Hunter Talley, walk-on tight end, 6'4", 234, 24 pounds. Marcus Miller, Defensive lineman, 6'5", 306. He's gained 20 pounds. Marcus dropped a good bit of weight last year. I'm not sure exactly why that happened, but uh, he dropped weight and then obviously has added it back on. Kyle Thompson, 6'3", 267. That's a plus 17. And Jalen Lewis, 6'189", plus 14. Jalen Lewis was with the first group on the first day. Did not see him on the second day practice. I've just been we – we've been getting about an hour's worth of practice time. So, I'm going to go into some of my observations here in just a minute. So, if you're thinking of hopping off, you might want to stick around for that. Top five losses. Y'all get this. Amarian Harris, 6'7", 297, down 43 pounds. Told Sam Pittman he couldn't keep on weight with how much they're running him. Devon Manuel, 6'9", 310, has lost 24 pounds. Now, I saw both those guys out there on the first day. Devon Manuel's changed numbers. He's 51 now, which is Stromberg's number. And I didn't know who he was at first. I was like, is that Manuel? That can't be Manuel. It's like, who else is 6'9 out there? But he, he looks too skinny. Devon Manuel, was, his first listing at Arkansas was 370. He was 390 when he came in that summer. He was 390. By August, he dropped down to two, uh, 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 three, uh, 370. So, I mean, this dude has lost 80 pounds since he's been at Arkansas, and it shows. Amarian, I mean, he was, I mean, two, I think he was, I think Amarian was like 370 at one point when he came in, too. So, like, there's a long streak of guys. Uh, Jalen St. John was 359. Like, the biggest guy on the team, the biggest guy on the team right now is Paris Patterson, who's 360, 6'6, 360. So, like, 
Every year for the last like four years, the biggest guy on the team has been a true freshman offensive lineman. Pretty wild. Eli Henderson's down 22 pounds, 6'4", 293. Terry Wells is down 21 pounds, 6'5", 306. And Ladarius Bishop down 12 pounds, 6'182". We haven't seen him out there yet as he comes back from injury. Uh, again, Danny West goes down the whole list of everybody and, and plus or minus how much weight they've gone. It's a fun read. It is a free article. Obviously, this stuff comes from the roster. It's easy for people to look up. So this kind of stuff, you know, will run free a lot of the times. It's the insider, the analysis, the all that kind of stuff, the breaking news uh, type stuff that uh, you will need a VIP subscription for at Hog Sports. Where do we want to go? Should I just talk about the newcomers first? Y'all want to hear about the newcomers? So let's start with Malachi Singleton. My first thoughts on him. Uh, you know, pretty much what I expected from him, size-wise, build-wise. You know, he's 6'1", 225 or so, uh, stocky quarterback. Uh, I wouldn't say he's quite as tall as Jacoby Criswell, who's also listed at 6'1", maybe just a slight difference in height. Um, Criswell, man, like Singleton really throw the ball. Criswell's obviously older, a little more polished up. Criswell can sling it. Like, it's a tight, crisp, hard spiral every single time. You know, like even KJ, when he throws the ball, it's got some wobble to it. Almost always got some wobble to it. Colby throws a very nice ball. And that's something I noticed with him very early when I saw him, like I think going into 10th grade when he came up for Arkansas's camp and just thinking, man, this guy's short. He can really sling it. Didn't know he was that young at the time. Uh, but that has continued, obviously. Andrew Armstrong, 6'4", I think he's 201. Uh, he was listed at 6'6", 189 at Texas A&M Commerce. So I was expecting just like long and lanky. Um, and he's long and everything, but he's a little bit better put together than I had anticipated. Uh, I thought he runs really well. Isaac Tesla, a little more stocky, not quite as tall as Andrew Armstrong. Both of them are listed at 6'4". I would say maybe about an inch difference uh, between the two. Uh, but Tesla moves really well. He's quick, quicker than I thought he was going to be. Tyrone Broden, 6'7". I'd probably say that's about right, 6'7", 197. Um, he's faster than I thought he was going to be. I was expecting just a jump ball wide receiver, but he's actually pretty fast. Uh, Marlon Crockett, 6'4", 200-pound wide receiver, walk-on for Memphis. Back, I mean, back in the day, this would have been a guy that you had been like, you know, probably like many uh, several years ago, this guy would have been, come, you know, he would have come in on scholarship. But he's, he's joined as a walk-on. Luke has is probably the smallest of the time. Not that he's small. He's just not as tall. All the guys are like 6'4", better. He's 6'3". Uh, very physical. Uh, watching him in drills, I mean, he really is explosive, packs a punch. I think he'll play this year. You know, I think he'll play future like in a role where they move him around a lot, split him out wide, maybe use him like as a sniffer. Uh, I don't know if I'll, we'll see him this year as much as an inline tight end, but we've been seeing a lot of two tight end sets, a lot of 12 personnel, one running back, two, two tight ends, uh, and of course two wide receivers. So like a lot of times when the first room offense comes out there, that's, that's what they, you know, lined up as. So I could see him absolutely coming out in, in packages like that and playing for him next year. Joshua Braun, we've seen him a little bit with the first team. First day he wasn't with the first team. Second day he was with the first team. They're mixing things around a lot. Uh, Joey Sua, I haven't really laid uh, eyes on Joey Sua. Um, you know, we've been out there an hour, but I'm obviously trying to keep up with 22 newcomers, returning guys and all that kind of stuff. So I haven't really – I wouldn't say I've got like any kind of a. I wouldn't say I've got an evaluation of all these guys. It's all just kind of first impressions. But um, I haven't really had a chance to watch. So Paris Patterson jumped out to me immediately just because he was so big. But haven't watched him a whole lot. Just was standing next to him going, "Dude, <laughs> it's a big guy." Trajan Jeffcoat. Speaking of guys that look really good, Trajan Jeffcoat looks the part over at defensive end. The Missouri transfer wearing number seven. He's got some kind of arm thing going on. He's got like kind of the bionic elbow looking thing. Um, good looking dude. John Morgan's a good looking guy too. It's just Jeff Coates a little bit, a little bit taller, a little bit bigger. Uh, but Morgan's more boxy kind of build. Uh, Antonio Greer. The first thing that I said about Antonio Greer in my head was like, wow, that guy's really muscular. Like not like a massive frame, but like just yoked up. He's just rounded off thighs, shoulders, biceps, 
Um, it looks like he is really you know one of those guys that just loves the weight room. Uh, I just kind of seen Carson Dean and Brad Spence from afar. I think Spence got banged up a little bit first day. R.J. Johnson, I was expecting cornerback. He's lining up at safety. Watched Jalen Braxton a little bit. Looks good. Dallas Young, watched him just a little bit. Wouldn't say I have any, like, strong opinion. Lorando Johnson looks – I mean, he looks, you know, physically developed, obviously, being an older player. Uh, but number one out there looks pretty good. Like, he's he's good-looking good looking athlete. Uh, Al Walcott uh, has been injured, so I haven't, haven't really seen him, obviously. He's going to be out till probably June. So, he's not going to be even going through the spring. But he's the, he's also a transfer from Baylor, along with uh, Lorando Johnson, who's playing cornerback. Uh, Dylan has just seen him a little bit. Haven't really seen a whole lot. Just same with TJ Metcalf. Haven't seen him just a whole, whole lot either. So, just a few thoughts on some of the new guys real quick. Obviously, K.J. Jefferson's coming out first at quarterback. They've mixed in Malachi and Jacoby Criswell. Cade Fortin's still there. Raheem Sanders is 237 now. He's maybe in a bulking stage or something, going to trim down uh, during the spring. They've mixed, you know, Rashad DeBinion and A.J. Green. Those guys have kind of gone back and forth. Dominic Johnson's not going through spring. He's still coming back from the injury. Sam Bakke, you know, I like Samuel Bakke. He's got, you know, 6'3", 203. He looks like kind of the guy that, um, you know, physically could, you know, play on the next level. I'm not saying, like, that's what I'm saying, but, you know, he has that look about him. Um, also kind of wears a chip on his shoulder, wanting to prove everybody wrong. Uh, but, you know, kind of maybe kind of looking for people to prove wrong a little bit with Sam Bakke. But uh, I like the attitude from the guy. Uh, him and uh, uh, Jaden Wilson, who – Jaden Wilson, like I swear every press conference we've had out of the last eight or so, Sam Pittman has mentioned Jaden Wilson. Um, and he had two catches for 47 yards in the bowl game also, so he's coming off uh, you know, a nice showing there. But Sam Bakke and Jaden Wilson have been the first two wide receivers out each of the two days. Now, they've gone through three practices. Sunday's was closed. But the two days that we were able to watch practice, Sam Bakke, Jaden Wilson are the first two guys out. Pittman's not just going to put out you know, the transfers. They're going to have to kind of earn their way. When they have gone to 11 personnel with three wide receivers, uh, Isaiah Satania was in there yesterday – or not yesterday, but Thursday. And Tuesday, Bryce Stevens was in first. More traditional slot guys in terms of build. Nathan Bax, Ty Washington, those have been the first two tight ends. They don't have a whole lot of bodies at tight end right now. They have mixed things up a lot on the offensive line. On Thursday, Brady Latham was working at left tackle. Patrick Kudis at left guard. I really I know they like Patrick Kudis. Now, personally, now Luke Jones emerges as a starting left tackle. What I thought they were going to do last year, I thought that they would move Brady Latham to left tackle last year, and they didn't end up doing it. But they are working that now. I could see that as a real possibility. They also have Devon Manuel working at left tackle. Tommy Varnhill, Varhill, Varhall is a walk-on from Maryland, 6'8", 326, big kid. I had to look him up because I didn't know who he was. But, um, you know, he's been working there some too. He hasn't worked with the starting group, but just notable. I just figured I'd mention him. Uh, but Patrick Kudis has worked at left guard. Brady Latham worked at left guard. Bo Lemmer's pretty much been exclusively center. And then Josh Street has been behind him. I haven't seen Eli Henderson out there. I'm not sure what's going on there. Joshua Braun, as I mentioned, was starting at right guard. Um, they had, let's see, they had uh, a Marion Harris with the first group on Tuesday, and they had Braun there, and they had Tikias Crawford at right tackle on Tuesday, and then on Thursday they had Andrew Chambly working at right tackle, and Tikias Crawford was back up right guard. So they're mixing things up. This is the time to do it. Nobody should be going like, well, I thought this guy was going to do this because they're just they're going to look at a lot of different combinations, um, and this is the time to do it. Defensive line, it's been Jashad Stewart and uh, and Landon Jackson at the ends. It's been Eric Gregory and Cameron Ball at defensive tackle. Good to see Torrin Carter out there. Been working with the second group some. Uh, but those that's kind of how they've done things on the defensive line. Pretty consistent the first couple of days. Jordan Crook, Chris Paul. I really like both of those linebackers. I like Manny Powell, too. I like Antonio Greer. I just I worry about the youth overall with, like, Powell and Crook. Um, you know, Greer, obviously, a, an older player. Chris Paul, obviously, you know, came on pretty good. If Chris Paul can come on the way he did last year, then hopefully Manny Powell and Jordan Crook can, can make that kind of a leap also. And both of those guys also got to play some last year, especially Crook. You know, whereas Christopher Paul, you know, he didn't play very much at all if he did. His freshman year, he was able to redshirt. Neither of those guys did. So, 
Still would like to see them maybe bring in another veteran linebacker out of the transfer portal. I've got him at 77 total scholarship players. So they got some room. They've got room to add some more. And they're going to lose some other guys when the portal window opens again. I mean, you're just you're going to see somebody that's not 100% pleased with where they fit in, you know, or they maybe don't get along with their new position coach or um, a transfer's taking their spot or something like that. You're going to see guys leave Arkansas's roster in, in the next portal window. You just are. Malik Chavis is back at safety. He was working with the first group there along with Hudson Clark. They've also had Jaden Johnson working with the first group some. But, again, mixing some things up. Uh, without Walcott injured, you know, it, it makes this group a little thinner looking. I still think that they need to add at least a couple of more safeties out of the portal and hopefully get, you know, a guy that's a stud. You know, the cornerback position, I, I like where they, they sit at cornerback now. With um, – Jalen Lewis not going through on Thursday. They had Courtney Snelling walk on working there. They they're working Dallas Young at nickel also, but they've got to get some they've got to get some safety types in there and some guys that can play can play nickel. But they they really like what they've seen from Jalen Lewis so far. As I mentioned, he's had added like fourteen pounds also. Lorando Johnson, I talked about him a little bit, and uh, Dwight McLaughlin. McLaughlin switched to number two now, so you've got one and two out there working at cornerback, and then you have Jaheim Singletary coming in also. Not a bad-looking group, also considering Ladarius Bishop is going to be back with them also, a guy who started, what, seven games back in 2021, was hurt for most of last year, all but two games. So, uh, And you got Quincy McAdoo also. Don't forget about Quincy. Quincy probably going to miss these first five practices and hopefully be back out there after spring break. But – you know, that's not a bad group of cornerbacks. Lorando Johnson, Jaheim Singletary, Dwight McLaughlin, Quincy McAdoo, Ladarius Bishop. Not too bad, huh? Maybe one of those guys ends up uh, moving over to nickel. We'll see how it works out. Obviously, no big changes at special team. Cam Little at kicker, Max Fletcher at punter, Eli Stein at snapper. Max Fletcher going to be your holder also. So, yeah, I think that's – most of what I want to cover. Arkansas winning um, three in a row over Louisiana Tech over the weekend, 7-4 on Friday, 6-1 on Saturday, and 15-6 on Sunday. Next up, uh, two-game series with UNLV on Tuesday and Wednesday, 6 o'clock and 3 o'clock. And then it's on to SEC play March 17th in Fayetteville, three games against Auburn. So when that happens, March 17th, I mean – you're running up into spring break, obviously, but you've got uh, a midweek game against Southeast Missouri State, and then it's you know a couple like a midweek game against Omaha and Arkansas State and uh, Little Rock. But for the most part, you've got SEC games. You know all the big all the series and the weekend series are all SEC games. So you're in SEC play at that point. Um, will Arkansas still be dancing by the time? The LSU series gets back and they come back from spring break and you got spring football because that could be really wild at that point in terms of activity and, of course, still recruiting stuff going on. So, as I predicted, we, we went full time. Let's see if I got – let's see if I got any questions. I didn't answer any questions last week. Let's see if we can answer some. Do you think Dunning and Ford will transfer, maybe Pinion? I think Dunning will – I don't like to talk about this, but you have to now. But, I mean, he's not playing. So, yeah, I think he will. I think Ford possibly will. And I think Pinion may be the least likely out of those. But I could see all of them doing it. But probably in that order of most likely Dunning, Ford, Pinion. Congrats. Yes, and how can I not mention the men's and women track and field um, won the national championship, the indoor. Swept it. Pretty cool. <laughs> Tim says I'm showing off the guns today. Am I? Uh, okay. Good. We didn't get a lot of questions, so I don't feel bad about not answering a bunch of them. Justin Williams says, uh, I think this Arkansas team is going to surprise a lot of people this season. Sam has upgraded everything from coaches and players, potentially a 10-win team. We'll see. They've got to do some work in the transfer portal. I like – some of the things they've got going on. Um, obviously, you bring back K.J. Jefferson. 
and you have a quality offensive line, that's going to mean a lot. And what I like also is they're in much better shape at backup quarterback. With Jacoby, he'll eventually take over that spot. Uh, they're in much better shape. So if, if uh, K.J. does have to come out, I think they've got a capable guy who can throw and run in Jacoby Criswell. I think Jacoby will end up starting, uh, not next, obviously, K.J. will be starting next season. But after that, I think it'll be uh, Jacoby Criswell. Just based on what I've seen so far, uh, I think he's got a lot of tools. So that's definitely positive. You get the offensive line sorted out. Um, you know, these wide receivers, I think, are very intriguing. You know, from this group of wide receivers, you're going to have a go-to guy emerge. You're going to have a deep threat emerge. You're going to have a, a guy that they look for, in the you know, in the end zone a lot that emerges. You're going to have a basically a whole supporting cast. Your top four wide receivers are gone from last year. So there's a lot of opportunities. And I think they've got enough guys there that you say, you know, in some way they're going to – you know, find those categories that I just mentioned out of that group of wide receivers. Um, I would still like to see them add a, a veteran tight end, but they've got some some young, good young talent at tight end. And then defensively, we'll see what kind of impact these guys make. Uh, the secondary is going to be better just because, you know, I say sometimes they have nowhere to go up but up, but they literally have nowhere to go but up. I mean, they could either stay where they are, dead last, or move up. <laughs> so – uh, that's where the secondary is. Linebacker, I'd like to see him get a veteran guy. But I, I, I don't dislike the linebacker core from a talent perspective. It's just an experience deal. And then uh, I like their defensive ends. Uh, you know, we'll see on defensive tackle. I'd like to see him add another body. But Cam Ball and uh, Eric Gregory, you know, Eric Gregory's been a steady player for them. I think moving inside is a good move for him, especially with a four-man front. So schedule's kind of tricky. I don't love the schedule next year. So that's some things standing in the way. I'm not ready to say 10 wins or anything, but um, I think they can have a better team than they had last year. Justin threw in another one real quick here late. Do you think the freshman wide receivers from the 22 class will get some playing time this year? Oh, yeah. I think they will. Isaiah Satania. You know, and Davion Dozier is coming in also from the 23 class, but uh, Isaiah Satania I think is uh, – is a guy that can absolutely have a big impact. And Sam Bakke has been working with the first group also. So we'll see. It's going to be hard to overtake those three guys they brought in. I mean, they're they're all very talented. But, you know, these other guys have been in the system for a year longer. So we'll see. All right, everybody. Appreciate you joining me. I still feel like I'm getting back into the swing of things after my bout with COVID. It just wipes you out. You just, like, feel tired for a couple of weeks. But um, no time for, for tired with everything that's going on. Uh, we'll be back out at practice on Tuesday. So look forward to some practice reports, our content from all of that, press conference video, all that fun stuff. Uh, so we'll have all that stuff at hogsports.com. And, of course, basketball stuff continuing, baseball stuff continuing, recruiting never stops. So go to hogsports.com for all of that and consider signing up for our one-month subscri one subscription for just $1. And it's so much more than just the content we produce. The Razor's Edge Message Board, uh, one of the great places for interacting with Hog fans and finding information from inside sources. Got a lot of in, a lot of good inside posters there on the Razor's Edge. All right, everybody, thanks for joining me. This has been Trey Biddy with Hogsports.com, and we'll catch you next time. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.